Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. We are up to episode 22. This is Chris. I'm here with Nick. How's it going, Nick? Hey, man. Yeah, I'm all good. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's the Easter break. My uh, place I work tends to give us like seven days off for Easter, so that's not quite finished yet. So I'm making the most of that at the minute. How's things with you? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, busy, busy Easter. Plenty of uh, meetups with, with family and friends and stuff, so... I guess I'm a bit out of touch in terms of what's going on in the in the punk rock world, um, but yeah, any, anything you've you kind of seen seen about? Uh, not not too much, I don't think. I'm jealous of a couple of friends who are going to Grose Rock this weekend. You know that festival down in Belgium. Oh yeah, um, nice. There's always like plenty of bands um, that will keep you and me occupied there. I think the big the big headline this year is Jawbreaker. I think. I think it's Jawbreaker. Right. And they're also playing in London this weekend. Um, yeah, aside from that, there hasn't been too many new releases that, that have caught my eye personally. Uh, I saw I a new... Go on. I did see um, Social Distortion have announced a pretty yes. massive tour with Flog and Molly. That's... Uh, yeah, I mean, they must be getting on now. How, how, old's, how old's Mike Ness? Mike Ness. You reckon? Um, I, I, I know he's born in 1962 because it's a, it's a line in one of his songs. So, <laughs> it's so like he, a he's nearly it's six, like a th- he's getting on for sixty, isn't he? It's like a thirty-six day tour. Imagine like booking a like a thirty-six day tour at the age of sixty odd, and, and a punk rock show as so well. Like know. you know, they they've been a band since nineteen seventy-nine, so it's like a forty-year thing, which is insanely impressive. Have you, have you ever seen them live before? I haven't. No, no, and I, I doubt they'll have anything left in the tank to. Uh, because it's American tour, isn't it? I'm not sure they'll have anything left to come over to Europe. Yeah, that's a shame. I've I've been lucky enough to see them twice. I saw them at when they were running out their 30 year anniversary tour in '09, uh, which was which was just great. And then I saw them two years after that when they were touring their last studio album that they put out. Nice. Um, both times it was just great. Like Mike Mike Ness is just a class act. He's you know he's born for it. Yeah, veterans, veterans. I absolutely, guess. absolutely. Talking of veterans, I did see um, see the Melancholin video for their new new single. Oh, I didn't um, watch that. I didn't yeah, watch that. Sour Days. I mean, the video's all right. It's yeah. nothing to shout about, but I didn't actually properly listen to that song. Do you like that uh, Melancholin album? Yeah, yeah, man. It's just, it's, it's I, well, that track's really good. I enjoy, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's got some good good um, pop punk songs on that. I'm looking forward to watching them at Slam Dunk next month. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're definitely on the list. Definitely on the list. Um, oh, another another one I saw that's it's not out. It's coming out tomorrow. But I don't know how you feel about this band. But they're they're one of my favourites actually. Do you know that band Quiet Drive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember your your love for Quiet. Yeah. Drive. Oh, it's 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 it still exists. So they uh, they haven't put out an album for five years, and they're kind of they're well they're pretty inactive, and uh, they've uh-huh. just on their social media they've just been teasing putting out um, just like statuses saying tomorrow's date. Um, so that suggests right. they're going to have some new music. Which it, sound, it, it sounds like that that's potential guest for for the show. To be honest with you, seeing as I've, we are, uh, yeah, I've, we're interviewing <laughs> band members from the early two thousand kind yeah. of reigns. I've been, I have, I have uh, been trying to get him, Kevin, who sings for them. I will continue to work on that. Um, yeah, aside from that, n- nothing too much. So, with that said, maybe we could just get into today's guest because this is this is one that we put out on social media that we were having this guy on a while ago. Got like a lot of you know messages about that, questions for him and stuff, and uh, it was one we've been excited about having for a while. So uh, maybe we should get get on with it. Do you want to say who it is? Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Tim from Alistair. Uh, so we're joined by. Uh, Tim Rogner from Alistair, uh, all the way over in, in the Chicago suburbs, I believe. Yes, all the way over in Chicago. Thanks for being with us, Tim. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I should just say for the purpose of, of the podcast, I, I did I, I messed up. I thought we were recording before, so we've, we just spoke to Tim about how he is and stuff, so I'm not going to put him through that again. Yeah, no, we've just had like an hour-long conversation. I know. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Cool. Well... Tim, we usually kind of do these things in, we try to keep things in a bit of a chronological order. Um, they don't always work, work out that way. Take us back right back to kind of growing up, I guess, a bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I've, I was I was born in Chicago. I've, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. Um, I love it. I don't think I'll ever leave. Um, it's funny, like with all the traveling that we've done, 
people always ask, well, where would you move to? And I always say, I don't think I'd move anywhere. I love Chicago. It's the greatest. It's the greatest city in the world. Has um, nowhere come close. But yeah, what's that? Has has anywhere come close on your travels? Um, I mean, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time in Japan, um, and I've gotten pretty partial uh, to the Japanese culture and just a lot of the cities over there. So I don't think I would have a problem moving over there. Um, as far as like other cities in the U.S. go, um. I'm a I'm a really big history nerd, um, and I love all kinds of things like U.S. history. Um, and the majority of, of early U.S. history starts on the East Coast. So right. I like New York. I like Boston. Um, you know, kind of Baltimore, Washington D.C. places on the East Coast. I don't think I'd have a problem ever living in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one for the desert. You know, people always say like, "Oh, you got to move to Arizona or." Or Florida, where it's hot all year round. It's nah, that's not for me. I like the seasons. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of agree with you there. <laughs> we we definitely um, want, definitely want to get into the to the to the Japan stuff a bit bit later on, and um, but I guess in terms of growing up in Chicago, we we, we had Chris Messer on um, on our last podcast, and uh, oh, cool. he was talking about he was talking about his upbringing in uh, Chicago. So it'd be interesting to see how uh, how it compares to to his. Um, so yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've known yeah, I've known Chris for a while. We've we've toured together um, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, I kind of grew up in. I mean, I, I guess I should be completely uh, forthcoming here is that I'm not from quote unquote Chicago per se. I've right. grown up in the suburbs. I was just gonna say. So how far out are we talking? Like, uh, like a maybe thirty minute drive. Oh, okay. To thirty minutes. Yeah, that counts. So yeah, that I mean, counts. it's not too far. But it's funny because a lot of people here get pretty pissed off if you say you're from Chicago when you're actually from okay. the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's sad. It's one of those things. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in like kind of the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, my mom was a school teacher. My dad was a cop. So it was a pretty middle class, you know, run-of-the-mill family. But my dad... Um, has played in a band ever since he was like 17 and he still plays in a band to this day. So he's been, he's been playing music for 50 years. Oh, wow. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I got, you know, a lot of my musical influences from, um, you know, growing up, we always had musical instruments in the house, pianos, drum kits, guitars, bass guitars. Um, and I would watch my dad. I, you know, I remember, pretty vividly like being six seven years old watching his band practice in our basement and just thinking it was the coolest fucking thing in the world i was like man that's what i wanted to do. what kind of stuff were they playing yeah they're a rock band um you know when they first kind of started off in the 70s um they did a lot of original songs in fact they were signed they were signed to um a major label back in like 1976 i want to oh, say wow. i think it was like a&m records or something like that um they only released like one I guess what we would consider now like an EP, yeah, um, of original stuff. Um, but yeah, they were like a they were like a rock rock and roll band. Now they just primarily do covers. Okay, so did they? So were they doing that full time around that time when they got signed to the major? Then I think they may have done it full time for like a year or two. Okay. It wasn't very okay. long. Um, right. It was still pretty much a side gig. I see. So he must have been proud, like watching you grow up, and you actually get to do it full time for a while. What what what's he yeah. think of the bands, you know, Alistair and the various bands you've played in over the years? Is it has he been a fan? At yeah, all? he thinks it's pretty cool, you yeah. know. And that's that's the one thing that's pretty cool about about both of my parents is that, um, you know, they were always really super supportive mm-hmm. of any kind of you know musical thing that I wanted to do. You know, whether or not they liked the music they didn't care they were just pretty excited that i was you know creating art and making music and, and, sure. and doing yeah. something like that so you know i, I am pretty pretty grateful for that so, so do you start to kind of get into bands you know when you're in, you're in school or when, when did that kind of stop, yeah, stop so for I, you yeah so i started i actually um started playing drums drums was the first instrument that i learned how to play because um, you, you were originally drummer in, in Alistair, of course, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. When Alistair first started, I was actually um, the original drummer. Um, and I probably started playing drums when I was like 12 or 13, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, noodling around on the the old 
you know, 1975 Slingerland kit that we had in our basement. Right. And, uh, you know, I just kind of learned how to play drums just by, you know, listening to bands and listening to records. And then I started getting into punk rock when I was 15, 14 or 15. Right. Um, and, and I just kind of went from there. Like, you know, there was a couple of bands that I first started listening to and I realized, man, this is the fucking greatest music I've ever heard in my life. This is what I, <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> so I, th I think I know which bands those are from listening to you before, but for the purposes of this, which, which bands were those? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that, yeah. you know, some of my favorite bands are Screeching Weasels, yeah. In the Queers, yeah. uh, Green Day. <laughs> don't um, don't you have sure. a Screeching Weasel tattoo? Or am I I, you know what's funny is I actually have a Riverdale's tattoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> um so, I mean, I like the Riverdales, too. I, for whatever reason, um, I, you know, when I went, I don't remember how old I was, 19 or 20, whenever I got this tattoo. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, I meant to get a Screeching Weasel tattoo, and for whatever reason, I just couldn't pull the trigger. So, I decided to get the 27 instead. Okay. At some point, I'm sure I'll get a weasel tattoo. Yeah, yeah. So, so at what point did Alistair kind of start to come together, then? Is, is it kind of your late teens, or? Yeah, so we, um... It was it was in high school, um, so I was probably like sixteen, yeah, sixteen or seventeen, um, and I started the band with my friend John, um, and we actually kind of the very beginnings of the band when John and I started playing together, um, we did we 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 kind of put together a group with some other some other kids at school, and we played what we call like the variety show, is like the talent show at our school, um, and we did some some ridiculous cover song. And, uh, and so we, we jammed with those guys for a while, but none of them were really into the music that John and I were into, um, which was, you know, like I said, the queers and Screeching Weasel and stuff like that. Um, and so once we graduated high school, you know, John and I had written a bunch of songs, but we didn't really have a band. Um, so we graduated high school, we both went off to college, and it was within the first week of college that John met Eric. Um, oh, that was... He called me up and he's like, yeah. And he said, hey, yeah. man, I got this guy who wants to play bass for us. You know, I was like, okay, sure. So Eric, Eric basically joined the band without me ever meeting him. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it just kind of went from there. Um, so we started writing a bunch of songs. We recorded um, a few thing, a few songs at a studio and sent it out to some labels. And Okay. So is this, so this is pre-Scotty then, is it? Yeah, this was this was about a year or two before Scotty joined the band. Okay, okay. And how how did how did you get how did you meet him? Um, Scott was uh, friends with a girl that I dated in high school, and he was in another local band uh, from Chicago called the Humdingers, um, and we had played together a couple of times. And through uh, this girl, him and I kind of became friends and. You know, we hung out occasionally, and we went to shows together and stuff like that. And and then, it, the his old band broke up, and it just kind of seemed like the natural thing for him to to join our band because we had kind of always wanted a second guitar player. Yeah. Because um, at the time we were just a three piece. It was me on drums, Eric on bass, and John on guitar, and we kind of wanted to fill out the sound a little bit and, and get a, a second guitar player. So. Scott joined the band to play bass, and Eric moved over to guitar. Got it. Um, yeah. So then we were yeah. a four-piece. So I mean, obviously, the the kind of the the big point of uh, I guess Alistair was that that kind of signing to drive through. What was what was the what was the journey in terms terms of of the lead up to 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 that um, signing on signing on with them? It's kind of funny because you know a bit way back then this was probably ninety ninety seven. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were just a shitty garage punk band from Chicago, and I mean that's kind of what we still consider ourselves. <laughs> um, but we had we had recorded a really really terrible demo tape just in the basement of my house, like on some really old shitty eight track. Yeah, and uh, I think we we recorded like six or seven songs, and we sent those tapes out to some various record labels. Yeah, um, you know indie DIY labels um and drive through happened to be one of those um and they were really the only or one of the only ones that actually responded to us and they sent us this letter back um and it basically said hey you know what we we really like your songs 
the sound quality is shit, <laughs> but we really like the songs. And they were like, if you ever record something in a professional studio, send it to us, you know, because we really did this stuff. Okay. And we were like, wow, okay. Um, and we kind of planned on recording um, a 7-inch and just releasing a 7-inch ourselves. Um, and so we did that. We went in the studio, we recorded five songs, and we released a 7-inch ourselves. We sent Drive through a copy of that 7-inch, and they said, hey, man, we really like this. We want to help you release it, and we want to do a full-length record deal with you guys. Okay. Was this... Um... You know, and, you can't do that on vinyl, was it called? Correct. Yeah, this was Got You it. Can't Do That on yeah, Vinyl. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we originally released that ourselves, um, and then Drive Through kind of picked it up, and that's when they were like, hey, let's do a full-length record. And we were like, yeah, you know, we have a bunch of songs pretty much ready to go. Um, and so that's kind of where it went. And then within the year, we were out in California recording a full-length record it was pretty surreal man it was that's, pretty, pretty yeah wild. that's so cool and and um that was I know I know you talked about this on something else recently but that was with that was produced with one of the guys from one of their early bands Cousin Oliver which yeah is, which is kind of which I didn't know about until I heard that on that on that um radio show that you were on the other day which is kind of cool because yeah. I always used to listen to them a little bit like way back in the day I remember they had a really yeah, catchy way. song <laughs> yeah yeah I remember yeah, yeah, for sure. A song called "Share" that had an amazing chorus. Maybe some lyrics that wouldn't be quite as acceptable in 2019, but they certainly <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but that's cool. What, so, were you familiar with Cousin Oliver, or was it just kind of getting familiar with Drive Through? And it's like, oh, so this is another band on Drive Through. Cool, they're going to produce my record. Like, how did how was that at the time? Yeah, I think I think all of us in the band were kind of peripherally aware of cousin oliver um okay. i don't think they were like one of our favorite bands but we definitely knew who they were so, um and we yeah. had heard some of their songs like you said that song shared um yeah so we knew who they were but we didn't know any of the guys in the band um and when drive through suggested that row produce our record you know we're like okay yeah cool this is a guy who's recorded before who seemed to know what he's doing yeah let's let's get in and do it okay cool and 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 of course played the solo on that that song uh Pictures, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pictures on my wall. Yeah, you played yeah, that pretty, it. pretty gnarly <laughs> shredding guitar solo. <laughs> I used to love listening to songs like that back when I was seventeen. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we're the, we are collectively the world's worst guitar players. Right. So you know, listening to some guy just shred on the guitar is just fucking yeah, that must really cool for us. <laughs> so how how many how many days did it, can you remember like roughly how many days it took to track that album? Uh, I think we were in the studio for a grand total of five days. Okay. Because it does uh, sound like it was trapped pretty quickly. I mean, not as a criticism because, you know, I'm very fond no, of that yeah. album, but <laughs> you know what I mean, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were in there for, for five days because it was, from what I remember, um, it was, we had to squeeze it in. The studio was only open for like five days. They had a break. And so we basically had to finish the entire record in five days. So... I remember because, like I said back then, I was playing drums. Yeah, and oh, course, uh, yeah. and and I think I don't think any of the songs took more than three takes on the drums. I think we did every song in either <laughs> right. one, two, or three takes. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's, right. It sounds like shit, and it was really too fast, but it's cool. Yeah. So I was just gonna yeah ask. I mean, was it really pretty much? out on the road from there and a lot of touring or was it was it pretty relentless on that front or yeah you know after after we finished recording dead ends and girlfriends because uh, i think that came out in 98 um and then and then it was just a matter of us playing as many shows as we could and it was we were kind of stuck in this quandary where we we just had this record come out but we still had like a year and a half left of college and we kind of wanted to to graduate we we, we wanted to at least get to that step and like have our degree just so that we had something to fall back on if we sure. needed to do. Yeah. Um, and so we, we made the decision to do that and we stuck it out in school <coughs> for another year uh, or year and a half or whatever it was. Um, and we played as much as we could, you know, we took the summers off and we toured during the summers. Um, and then during the school year we would play, you know, as many weekends as we could, wherever we could, whenever okay. possible. Um, so then after we grad graduated was when we really started kind of touring full-time so when you graduated what 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 year are we at at this point roughly uh so this was 2000 oh okay so still a couple of years before you know the next record and stuff 
Yeah, and so, so yeah, we. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just so. Was that the the touring in that period? Was that main? Was that mainly just in the states and Canada, or did you get further afield during that period? Yeah, that was that was really only in the U.S. I don't I don't even know. I think the first time we played Canada probably wasn't until like oh two. Oh, okay. So much further along. Yeah. Was that when? Yeah. Maybe maybe oh one. Uh, something's just come back to me because, like you know, um, I, I look I, I look at that blog you write every now and then um, with mm-hmm. like, you know where you put up some of your old tour stories and stuff, and I feel like right. was there one where you maybe it wasn't the first time you went to Canada, but it was one of the early times when you were going to play some shows with Gob and like there was some issues on the border because you had all this merch. Oh you. right. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah I'm not imagining this, am I? Yeah. I no, no, you're that. not imagining <laughs> that. That actually did happen. Right. Yeah, that was. Now, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, that that was probably one of the first, either the first or second time we tried to get into Canada. Uh, okay. Because I remember Dave, Dave, our drummer, was still in the band at that point. And yeah, uh, yeah that was kind of a funny story. We we, uh, you know, there's always hassles and paperwork and customs that you have to go through mm-hmm. when you go to a different country. And so <laughs> we didn't. We we decided in our collective genius that we didn't want to go through those those hassles and so <laughs> on our way up to the the canadian board we were only supposed to play like two shows with gob mm-hmm. and, so gob uh, presumably so, were quite big at that time were they yes they were very big at that okay. time yeah um i think this was in new brunswick too okay. if i remember correctly and uh and so we were driving up to the border and on on the way to the border we we decided okay well here's here's the story we're gonna we're gonna tell the border patrol is that Yes, we're in a band, um, but we're not playing shows. We just had like a couple of days off, and we're going to see our friends' band play. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and so yeah. we get up to the border, and they, you know, they take us all out of the car, and we all tell our stories, and they're like, yeah. "Nah, we don't believe you. We're not letting you in." And so we weren't let into the country. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you never got to play those those. No, we never got to play those in. shows. No, oh, they didn't man. let us in. So we were, yeah, we were stuck in, in Maine, the state of Maine, for like two days with nothing to do. Cool. Well, I, I guess wanted to fast forward a bit to um, kind of Last Stop Suburbia. I guess that was, well, it, definitely in Europe, I think that's kind of really what put you guys on, on the map over here. Is it safe to say yeah. it was the same 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 over, you, over your way as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, because that was, that record, Last Stop Suburbia, came out um, right when at the very beginning of when drive through started to really kind of make a name for themselves. Um, you know, we were still, we, we Alistair was actually one of the, the earliest bands, like one of the first bands that drive through signed. Um, you know, I think we signed with them before newfound glory ever did before midtown did, you know, like at the time, I think it was us and RX bandits and like this band unleaded plus, um, so last up suburbia is kind of when 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 everyone was listening to everything on drive through kind of thing or just the yeah, start of that basically yeah exactly yeah, yeah kind of the start of that period was, so i think that helped that helped us a lot was your was your formula kind of any different go, going into that record and recording and write, writing that was or was it kind of business as usual kind of kind of deal um that was with last up suburbia that was the first time that we actually sat down uh to write songs like we about maybe four months before we went in to go record that record um we rented a rehearsal space here in in chicago it was the first time we'd ever done something like that and we made it a point to go in every day we were working you know part-time jobs at that time so every day after work we would go into the rehearsal space and we would you know practice for two hours and we would just try to write songs um, and that was the first time we'd ever done that. And it was pretty cool. It was a different experience for us. Yeah. And I think we probably wrote maybe half of the record like that. Maybe uh, maybe five to six, seven songs that got used on Last Stop Suburbia were written in that practice space. Oh, okay. Um, and also, obviously, so like directly after the record was when um, Johnny left the band. Was he, mm-hmm. was he, had he decided before recording that record that he was going to pursue a different path or was was it slightly just after it or was it like how did that come about because <laughs> i think it was l- during the recording of that record wow okay okay yeah it was it was 
from what I remember, yeah, it was it was kind of in the middle of recording that record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a couple of tours lined up for when we were done. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, I'll, I'm going to stick it out to do these tours and I'll finish this up. But, you know, such and such date is going to be my last day okay. with the band, which was like three or four months down the road. And we were okay. like, OK, I mean, you know, it's, it, it was all well and fine. You know, it was I think it was it worked out perfectly because he gave us enough time to you know look for some other guitar players and kind of figure out what we were going to do did you was was that a bit bit sad for you given that you and him recently started the band together like because obviously you've been on a journey for for a number of years at that yeah point. yeah absolutely yeah it was you know it was i mean i think the john and i had a lot of chemistry just writing songs together we kind of envisioned yeah. songwriting in kind of the same way um so yeah it was it was you know, a little bit sentimental when he left the band. Yeah, sure. um, but I knew it was something that I wanted to continue to do, so I, sure. I didn't want to stop. Yeah, fair. And was that was that when you brought in your brother? Did your brother come in? At Correct. That point? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's when he that's when he joined the band for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. You you weren't playing drums still at this point though. No, at this point I was playing guitar. Yeah. So at that at the time of recording Last Stop Suburbia. It was myself, Scotty, John, and we had uh, gotten a drummer named Dave. And so that was the lineup that recorded that record. Um, and then it was funny because John told us, like like I said, during the recording of that record that he was going to be leaving. Um, and so we took all the photos for that record after the record <laughs> was finished being yeah. recorded. And so yeah, you'll yeah, see, uh, that's why my brother's missing. in the photos. Yeah, for of him. course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how long did you stick at those part-time jobs after that record got got released? Then, because oh, surely it question. was, yeah. it was pretty, yeah, yeah pretty I crazy think, from there, right? Yeah. So that record, I I believe I want to say it came out in October of two thousand and two, um, and it was I think that was the last time that we had kind of been working those jobs, and so it was pretty much from then on was when we you know, quit to do the band full time. You know, I think maybe when we kind of came home from various tours, we all, you know, did a little bit here and there to earn some extra cash. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was primarily when that record came out is when we did it full time. Okay. That, when that first happened, that must, presumably that felt nice to it, having kind of been pursuing it for a few years at that point. It did. Yeah, it was, it was cool. You know, it was, I mean, it was definitely something different, but it was, it was nice not, having to, to work for anyone else right okay yeah. so <laughs> so those tours that you mentioned that uh johnny said he'd do the ones that followed immediately after the record who 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 are those with were they like biggest scale tours or was it similar to the ones you've been doing before uh well i think one of them was warp tour of 2002 oh, okay when was that was that the first warp tour you did I believe so. Yeah, right. it was the first. It was the first warp tour that we did um, because then it was right after that. I think when my brother joined the band, um, and I want to say there was a, there was, but and that probably lasted us the whole summer because we recorded the record was recorded. I want to say in March of two thousand and two, and then it came out in October of two thousand and two. So yeah. yeah, that whole summer was when we did the first warp tour. And that, and then you must have been in Europe pretty, not not too soon after that, right? I I seem to remember seeing you guys on a on a drive through tour. I don't know if it was. The, with homegrown Chris was it yeah no that was a little later the first time I'm Tim correct me if I'm wrong but the first time I mm-hmm. was aware of Alistair coming to well the I don't know about Europe but the UK certainly was was actually opening for less than Jake yeah that sounds right yeah and that was what oh four four maybe the, no that was oh three it was oh three and then the one that Nick's referring to when where the drive through tour was early oh oh four Okay. Yeah, that that sounds right. I'm, yeah, I'm, the first I'm weird right that with Chris has a, Chris has a crazy, <laughs> scary, scary memory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah, man. I mean, for us, like the, a lot of those tours just kind of all blend together. Oh, so it's sometimes hard to remember yeah. exact dates. But yeah, yeah that that uh, that that UK tour uh, that we did for the first time with Less Than Jake and the Teen Isles. Yeah, that's High Tasters was. Man, I, that tour took probably ten years off my life. For sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. But it was one of the best tours that we've ever done. I'll never forget it. Uh, any stories that stand out from 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 those couple of weeks or however long it was? Um. Sorry to put you on the yeah. spot there. 
Yeah. It sounds I'm like he probably doesn't remember any, any of them. <laughs> no, I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff I don't remember. Um, but, you know, in, like, it, that was the first time we were in the UK. So for us, we I think we wanted to to see a lot of things, you know, because none of us had ever been over there before. Oh, so like we did a lot of sightseeing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and we got, you know, we got to see a lot of cool shit. We went to a lot of castles. We went to um, Stonehenge. You know, we did that that kind of touristy thing, uh, which was pretty fun. And, you know, we just drank ourselves silly every night. <laughs> so, so when was that first um, that first Japan trip then? Obviously, you've got a fond affiliation with, with Japan. When, when did that kind of that, – when was your first experience of Japan? Yeah, I think that was in O. Two, I think that was uh, either right when Last Stop Suburbia came out, either right before or right after. It was somewhere around then. Um, we got to go over. We actually went over there with Homegrown, and uh, oh right, okay, yeah. The first trip over to Japan was with those guys, and I think we were there for like five or six days, and we toured with this Japanese band called Nicotine, and uh, you know it was great. You know, it was it was so it was so different than anything we had ever experienced in our entire lives. Um, and we had such a good time that, you know, we, we tried to make it a point to kind of keep going back. Um, and we did. And every time we went back, it was more and more successful. Um, so how many, how many times have you been, how many times have you been out there? Well, in terms of kind of tours, um, I think we counted cause we were just there, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago of and I think we counted, that was our seventh time over there. Um, it was either okay. seven or eight. Okay. <clears throat> and you, you kind of just fell fell in love with the place, right? It's it's it's, it's you know I guess pop punk bands do quite well over there. You see see a lot of the bands kind of doing well, but you especially, I guess, it, it, was it just a case of of all of you just loving the place from from the from the first time you went out there? Yeah, um, you know I think to go back. yeah one of the things that really helped us um, was um, back in two thousand and six. We did a tour um, over in Japan with this Japanese band called El Garden. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. At the at the time, they were like literally one of the biggest bands in Japan. Like they could have played stadiums pretty much every night, but they have kind of this. They had the same kind of punk rock ethos as we did, and they like playing small club shows, and so. We were over in Japan in 2006 for almost three months uh, touring with those guys. And we got to play every major city in Japan. We got to play, you know, tons of small cities. And we really got to experience, like, Japanese culture um, and Japanese lifestyle. And it was probably the greatest three months of my life. Um, and I, to this day, I mean, I feel pretty fortunate that we were able to do that. And I think that, that really helped us out too, because, you know, we got to play so many shows over there and really helped build up a name for ourselves. Um, you know, so the last time when we were just there three weeks ago, was, every show was sold out, you know, we were playing big, big venues. Like it was really, really cool. That must be amazing. And must have been nice to see the L Garden guys again. Yeah. It? Yeah. It was really good. You know, we have a lot of. A lot of fond memories from that that oh, trip sure. with those guys. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely cool. And is, am I right in saying Scott Scotty lives out there now, or he's, he spent a good amount of time living living out there? Yeah, he's um, he's he moved out there. Uh, I want to say five years ago, and he's he's lived out there permanently for about the last five years. Wow does does he does he do music full time still these days? Because obviously he's got the the thing with with the Weezer uh, uh, Rivers Kumo, mm-hmm. and uh, he's had his own solo stuff. So is is he just a full time musician out there? Yeah, that's what he does now. He's just he does music full time. He actually plays um, in a band with the singer from from El Garden, um, and they oh, play yes. in a band okay. called uh, Mono Eyes, um, and they so he does that you know a good majority of the year, and they're huge over there too. You know they play massive venues and so yeah he just he's lived over there for five years and just does that full time now nice well i don't know if you want to maybe jump forward like jump into the the 20 years and counting stuff uh, totally kind, yeah kind of you know i mean it was great great to hear i think you know we, we all enjoyed uh get, getting back into awesome. some of that old stuff <laughs> um i mean how how did how did that how did that come about you know was it was it was it your idea was it kind of one of the other guys ideas i mean what was the the process for get for getting that put together 
uh, I don't really remember exactly whose idea it was. I think we had just kind of all started talking. I think we had started talking about maybe doing another tour in in Japan. Um, and, and Scotty had said, you know, if we do that, we need to have another record. Um, and, and we were like, well, it's you know, it's the twenty year anniversary basically of our band. You know, maybe we could do like an anniversary record, and and. You know, Universal Japan was really into that idea. Maybe they had even suggested it. I don't really recall. Um, but and, and it just kind of came together from there. We started talking about it probably in the spring. It was actually just about a year ago that we started discussing maybe doing something like that. Um, and it came together fairly quickly. You know, once we got the go-ahead and, and Universal said, yeah, we'll release something like that, then it was just a matter of logistics, like figuring out which songs to re-record um you know which songs we wanted to include uh from you know the rest of our catalog um and the cool part about it was that we recorded it um we did we did the drums at a studio um in indiana called always be genius but then the rest of it we honestly we just recorded in my house um <laughs> yeah that's that's how you yeah technology is pretty rad and so we, we were able to do that what would and presumably scotty would do his parts where in where he lives and send them to you. Yeah, exactly. So we would just yeah, record yeah. Our, our, our parts and then send them back and forth to each other. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then we just sent all the files to our buddy Mark who mixed it all. And I think it sounds great, man. I was really happy with it. It, it does. In terms of re-recording the songs, was that done because uh, you didn't have... Universal Japan didn't have the rights to those songs, so they had to be re-recorded? Or Correct. would you have re-recorded them if that wasn't the case anyway? No, we probably wouldn't have re-recorded them. Because um, <laughs> okay. those, yeah. yeah, so like the songs on Dead Ends and Girlfriends and Last Stop Suburbia and Before yeah. the Blackout, um, yeah. you know, Drive Through owns the recording rights to those songs. So we okay. couldn't use okay. those recordings. But Alistair owns the rights to the songs themselves. Um, so we were allowed to re-record them um, and re-release them. So that's kind of why we did it like that. But it was literally all from scratch, from from the bottom up for those then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from from, from like you said, from scratch, totally. But it was cool because it gave us a chance to kind of revisit some of those old songs, and you know, maybe add a couple parts here and a couple parts there to make them maybe slightly more current and sound a little bit cooler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, like when I saw you announce that, like on Twitter maybe a month before it came out I, I got quite excited I was like oh it'd be super fun to hear some of these old songs <laughs> that's cool giving a makeover basically right um, was, was, was it just two songs off Dead Ends that you used in the end Jacob and, Mo, and Mopa mm -hmm. I think yeah just those and, two um, yeah presumably there were a couple others in the running because I, I remember reading on your blog ages ago about the song Timings and you were like I would quite like to re-record this song one day so presumably that was a contender as well. it was yeah that one was definitely in the mix um it was you know I don't I don't want to say like it was a hard process to figure out what songs to re-record but we did put a little bit of thought into it you know we we didn't want to do too many from dead ends and girlfriends uh only because you know that record is so old and those songs are so old um we wanted to try to keep things a little bit current um so we tried to kind of narrow it down and we felt like you know um moper and jacob would be the ones that we we kind of liked the best and that would were best in line for a makeover you know, in the years after that album, those would be the two that you would tend to play live, if any at all. So it would make sense that you'd pick those ones to. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, those were the ones we did live. But yeah, but no, you know, as a fan as well, it, it's really, it's really cool to hear those songs done again because, like, that, as I say, Dead Ends and Girlfriends. I remember get getting because I'd heard you guys on a compilation in the summer of two thousand. So I used to listen to the album a lot and like and then like hearing Mopa redone and like, you know, it takes me back to those days and stuff. So. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can see how it must be fun for you guys obviously as well. Yeah, it was. It you know it's it was it was interesting because you know, all of us in the band I think still a little bit kind of have an old school mindset. And so you know, mm -hmm. we kind of want to keep moving forward instead of looking back. Um, and we were a little bit worried that, you know, if we re-recorded some of these songs, it might alienate some people from, from listening to us. Um, 
you know, because we're kind of under the mindset, like, hey, these songs, you know, that was at a time and a place that we recorded them, let's just kind of leave them alone. Um, but also at the same time, you know, I think there is, you know, a, a segment of, of fans who kind of would like to hear something re-recorded um, and maybe, oh, of course. you know, refreshed a little bit. So, uh, you know, we, we thought it was pretty cool. Obviously, there was a few new songs on there. Had, had mm. you had quite a few written that to pick from, or, or, or was, or was yeah, it just those ones? Yeah, no, we had we probably had maybe eight, eight, eight to ten songs uh, to choose from, um, as far as new songs go. Um, and those kind of seemed to be collectively the ones that would make the most sense. Um, and that was kind of fun too, because you know, as a band, Alistair hasn't really released anything new since 2012 when we put out uh, Life Behind Machines. Um, and so that was really cool to be able to, to do some new songs with the guys again uh, was really neat. And we're hoping that we can kind of parlay this into another brand new full length at some point, maybe next year. Nice. Yeah, cool. Well, I suppose if, if you manage to get this together, there's no reason in theory why why that shouldn't be doable for you guys. I'm sure Universal Japan would be happy to put it out again. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what we talked about. You know, like th when we did this uh, 20 years and counting, it was, you know, I don't want to say it was it was an easy effort, but it was, you know, relatively painless. Um, yeah. And I think we all kind of realized, hey, man, you know, we can do it like this and it's going to sound great and it's going to it's going to be cool. So yeah. let's think about really, you know, doing this. And so we're kind of trying to work out some logistics about, about doing all that and trying to get all a bunch oh, of nice. songs together so that hopefully next year we can, we can release a, a brand new full length. Um, in terms of play, like playing music outside of Alistair, I know like obviously you, you, you're doing the odd solo show here mm -hmm. and there. What, um, what's the deal with Hot Alice? Is that, is that still an ongoing thing? Yeah, in fact, um, we just practiced last weekend um, you know, it's just a side project that I started up um, to play mm, stuff that was maybe a little more rock and roll type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just something to kind of keep busy. You know, we st well, actually, I started the band a while ago, probably five years ago, you know, when Alistair yeah. had kind of stopped playing so much. Um, you know, just as something for me to do, just as another mm -hmm. outlet to write music and, you know, get together with guys and just jam. Um, and so that's what we're doing right now. Um, we have, we're actually writing a bunch of songs right now. We got a couple of shows coming up over the summer. Um, and we're hoping to, to record at least an EP or something by fall, um, and get that out. So, but yeah, it's, I mean, and it's cool, you know, it's just my brothers in the band and some friends of ours. We just kind of get together oh, nice. and drink beer and play rock and roll. Nice. Is, uh, is he, is he still doing, um, what, what's the deal with August premieres? Are they doing much these days? No, they're not really doing a whole lot these days. Um, in fact, I don't even remember when their last show was. I filled in on guitar for them uh, for like their last two or three shows, um, but I don't think they're collectively really doing much anymore. Uh, yeah, I had a little bit of a question around. Um, I guess around. To, I guess to your touring life as well. Um, you know mm -hmm. what is it? I mean, is there anything that really any particular tours that stood out for you or? Any any particular bands specifically that you particularly had a lot of fun touring with? Yeah, you know, I think one of the there's a couple tours that stand out as far as um, fun goes. That that less than Jake tour with the Teen Idols in the UK was definitely very cool. We shared a van with the Teen Idols, so there was I think there was nine of us in right. you know one of those Sprinter vans and. And like I said, that was the first time we were over there and we drove ourselves. We didn't have a driver. And so, yeah, you know, it was, it was a little bit interesting driving on the right side of the car on the left <laughs> side of the road. Yeah. yeah so that was yeah. kind of fun uh, for the first time. Uh, but that was that was cool. Um, you know, I think any of the tours that we did with Homegrown, we got to be pretty good friends with those guys. Um, so yeah. all the drive through tours that we did with them. Um, you know, the, the Japan tour we did with those guys, uh, was, was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and, and I'm trying to think of some of the other well, tours. Are you, yeah. Are you still friends with the homegrown guys to this day? 
Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh, we don't nice, we don't nice. talk too much anymore, and because we haven't had a chance to get out to California, I don't get a chance to see them. Um, but every once in a while, you know, we'll uh, I'll message them, and you know, we'll talk for a minute, and, and they're. I mean, I miss those guys. It'd be nice to hang out with them again. Sure. So are they. So presumably they're your closest friends from from all the drive through roster. And those yeah. Guys, would you say? Yeah, I would definitely okay. say so. Um, yeah. You know, we we had, one of the first tours we we actually did too. Um, was with that band, the Benjamins. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember them. I feel like I feel like Drive Through were all about them briefly, and then just kind of dropped them a little bit. I, yeah, that's how it they, seemed to me. Yeah, you know? they were kind of like the hot thing for like five or six months, and then yeah, I think they totally. had kind of stopped playing, or I, I don't know exactly what happened with them. But yeah. um, we did a tour with those guys for about a month, and that was really fun. Um, and we got to be pretty good friends with those guys too. Okay. In fact, I still talk to Ben. Uh, every once in a while. Um, oh, okay. So, but yeah, those guys were cool. Um, but yeah, as far as like other drive-through bands, I think those, those two were definitely some of our our better friends. Um, right. And right. then the Less Than Jake guys are are cool. Obviously, we did you know tour. We did yeah. a couple tours with those guys. One in the UK, and then we did another in the US. That was really fun too. <laughs> who i mean you don't have to answer this obviously but anyone who stood out as your least fate i'm only trying this just because chris messer when we spoke to him was so candid about <laughs> he didn't hold back he didn't hold back <laughs> he did not hold he back, didn't hold back anyway. yeah well no i mean you know there were bands that i didn't necessarily care for um <laughs> right. back then um yeah. i mean i'd say you could you could basically pick out of a hat any of the first you know five or six bands that were signed right around the same time that we were um <laughs> okay. you know but it was you know it was a different it was a different mindset for us back then um i think i think a lot of those bands like uh you know midtown like newfound glory um like the starting line um you know i think those guys viewed what they were doing as they wanted to get as big as possible um and at the time you know, that wasn't the Alistair ethos. That wasn't what we just wanted to play punk rock. We wanted to kind of keep it, you know, DIY. Um, and we wanted to do our own thing. We had no real outward interest in, in getting as, you know, as big as we possibly could. Um, you know, so I think, you know, there was a little bit of a, a different mentality between us and some of those bands. So we didn't always mesh uh personally um but that doesn't mean they're bad people you know what i mean no of course of course yeah no that's a fair very fair answer what what what, um, what kind of stuff are you into these days then are you still listen to quite a lot of uh, punk rock and or do you, you've got a bit more of a i guess I, i've grown a little bit older <laughs> yeah, and got a bit more diverse yeah, man, diverse with my uh, music yeah, I don't know how I don't know how much my musical interests have uh, expanded over the last uh, twenty years or so. Um, I still listen to a lot of punk rock. I still that's 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 my go to, you know, pretty much on a daily yeah. basis. Um, Is there I, any um, any like newer bands who 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 you've who have impressed you over like the last five or so years up until now? Or is it more bands from your era? Yeah, it's mostly bands from my era. You know, it's so hard to say too because because we're not on the road and because we're not in it full time anymore. It's I don't yeah. really have you know my finger on the pulse of, of what's what people like anymore these days. Um, sure. But yeah. I will tell you, we did um, we played uh, our record release show for for this this new record, Twenty Years and Counting. Oh yeah, um, of course. We, Recently, yeah. Yeah, we did it in Chicago, and we played yeah. with this band called Parker. Um, and they're from Chicago here as well, and they're pretty cool. Uh, they're they're a good band. They're they're not necessarily brand new. I think they've been doing it for a little while, um, but I don't know how much name recognition they have. But they're they're cool. If you get a chance to check them out, I, I would. Cause yeah, they're... it's 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 part. I'll I'll link them in the show notes. I think it's Parker in all capital letters. I actually checked them out on the basis of them playing with you guys. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they're cool. They're yeah, cool. they were very yeah. cool. Yeah, I I had never yeah. heard of them before, um, but mm -hmm. they they left a pretty pretty good impression on me I, they're, they're cool and they're cool guys too which definitely helps so i guess um what what about what about kind of outside of music these days like you talk about you know you've got two two, two young kids uh you know kind of what else are you up to uh yeah you know these guys keep me keep busy every day <laughs> um but no i work uh you know i work full-time uh 
for a life insurance company. I'm uh, like a, I guess you call it a training designer. So I just design training programs and deliver training programs and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's a job. It pays the bills um, and it's cool. Uh, but I do, I am trying to really focus now on, on, uh, releasing another solo record, um, just like an acoustic EP. Um, I've gotten kind of into playing folk pop acoustic stuff lately. Um, so I want to, been writing a bunch of songs like that. So I want to try to release that this year too. Um, and then playing with hot Alice, um, and hopefully, uh, doing more stuff with Alistair. Um, I've, I've, Nick, I've just spotted something that uh, we were going to ask before, just based on our, our chat with Chris Messer, just a throwaway question, but like, cause Chris Messer was obviously, uh, did the get go with Carl and Scott, obviously mm-hmm. your mates. Um, um, so like, if you were going to start a new band with, you know, bands from your genre, um, that you grew up playing with and touring with, like who, who would be in your lineup if you could choose anyone? Um, well, sorry to put you on the spot again. Hypoth- there. Hypothetical question. There's there's, there's no rules yeah. here. Just to it. <laughs> no, that's a, that's what's, actually what's your a good super group? I've never thought about that before. Um, boy, well, I'm trying to think of like the people like individually that I would most like to play in band with, uh, oh, and it okay. would probably yeah. be like for sure Darren from Homegrown. So he would have to play drums. Um, right, yeah. Man. Maybe 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 Ben from the Benjamins would have to play bass. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um Man, who would I have on guitar? Well, I don't know who I have. I'm trying to think of like all the the bands that we would tour with. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, Phil from the Teen Idols was pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> um okay. I think it might be pretty cool to have him on the guitar. Um because that way, you know, we could obviously do a- any Screeching Weasel cover that we wanted to, which would be fun. Um, and write definitely kind of songs in that genre. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, that would be that would be pretty cool. We we threw out um, just we we announced obviously that you were coming on, which you kindly retweeted for us. So thanks for that. But like, yeah. I just asked if anyone had any questions. So a couple came in here and there. Nick, Nick, do you want to lead on this one? Yeah, we got we got a question from uh, Tebow in uh, in Paris. Uh, he he's asking about the the this how well how did you end up in in the sleepover movie, um, and what was that experience like? He said, and and he also asking what he, what's what's the deal with pop punk bands always popping up in teen movies basically? Yeah, I I think he gave good Charlotte in not another teen movie is the instance <laughs> yeah, right? <in> that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a pretty a pretty fucking wild experience, man. Uh, oh yeah. We, you know, I don't, shit, when was that? Was that 2003, I think? 2003, maybe 2004? Yeah, 2004, he referenced it in the question, so I think, I believe it was 2004. Yeah, that sounds right. So we, from from my understanding, is that the the producers from Sleepover had approached Drive Thru um, because they liked a lot of the bands on the Drive Thru catalog. And they said, you know, would any of your bands be interested in being in this movie? And I guess Drive Through gave them a couple of different names, you know, a couple of different bands. And the producers said, okay, well, of those, I think we kind of like Alistair the best. Um, we think they would, okay. you know, whatever make make for the best part in this movie. And so they they Drive Through kind of sent us this. They said, hey man, you know, we there's this this movie that's interested in having you guys on. It, and and we didn't know how to react, you know, because like I said back mm-hmm. then, it was we had like this DIY mindset, right? We we, for lack of a better term, we were very hesitant to quote unquote sell out, and we sort of right. kind of looked at that as like, well, that's kind of selling out to the man, you know. But <laughs> at the same time, it was also like a pretty cool opportunity, you know. And we were like, well, we don't really want to lose this opportunity because it would be pretty cool to do it. Uh, and so, you know, we ended up doing it. It actually was really fun. I mean, I do have to say it was a very interesting experience. It was like nothing I really expected. Um, right. and, but I remember what they, they sent us a copy of the script uh, for us to kind of read through. <laughs> and there were 
about six or seven lines that they wanted me to say, you know, while kind of we were on stage. And, and some of them were just, just horrendous. I was like, I don't really? say these, these lines are ridiculous. I was like, what the fuck? And so we ended up, you know, the day or the couple, I think it's, I think we were in, in Southern California shooting for four days, maybe shooting our scenes. Right. And uh, so, you know, it, it comes to the day where we're supposed to be kind of, del- I'm supposed to be delivering these lines on stage. And like, I start delivering these lines and they're like, oh, cut, cut, cut. And so like, they're having conversation. And so they ended up cutting all of my lines except for one, because I think they realized that I had no fucking idea what I was doing at all. <laughs> uh, which thankfully it, was, it worked out okay, because like I said, some of the lines were pretty ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it did, like I said, it did make for a pretty interesting experience. And it, and it was pretty cool. Uh, to, mm-hmm. to be to be in a movie that was released in theaters and to kind of have our, our music um, in there and kind of kind of be on screen that was it was fun another question we had was from uh, Matt Matt Cox in London who uh, I guess he he, he he clearly follows your career closely because um, he's referencing the cover album that you put out which I think was only out in Japan correct um, yeah he ju- I guess he's, he just wants to know if there's anything like that in the future but uh, probably nothing I guess that's like difficult to answer. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be anything like that in the future. Um, you know, that was, and I guess I kind of forgot to touch on that earlier when we were talking about Japan, that was another thing that kind of helped catapult us a little bit, um, in Japan is that, you know, we, we put out that record, um, you know, right before we did that L garden tour. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what we were selling at a lot of the shows and it, it, it sold really well. Um, it actually went gold over in Japan, which was pretty exciting. Um, it, but it was a it was a fluky thing, you know. Scotty had this idea. He's like, <clears throat> "Hey, if you know, if we're gonna go back to Japan, like, let's let's kind of do this record. It might be kind of fun to you know cover you know half Japanese songs, half U.S. songs. We could you know at the time he had been studying Japanese and he's he can speak it fluently now. He's like, I think it might be cool to like sing some songs in Japanese, and we were like. Okay, sure, let's do it. Um, and so we did, and it worked out really well. Cool. We've got a couple more questions. Um, yeah, totally. One uh, is around potentially coming back to the UK and Europe. Obviously, you're talking about potentially recording some more stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there any chance of seeing you back over this this side of the water? Uh, I would absolutely love to. Um, <clears throat> we're. It's hard, like I said, because all of us kind of work you know, full-time jobs now and all of us have families and, and have kids and stuff. So it's hard to get all of our schedules together, uh, at the same time. We're, we're trying to put together like a small U S tour for over the summer right now. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but as of right now, I think, I don't think as a band, we have any plans to come over uh, to the UK, although I would like to, um, that, that may change. Um, you know, maybe in October, November, maybe we could come over for a week. Um, we just it just kind of depends on on all of our schedules. So we'll kind of have to see. Right now, it's still kind of up in the air, That's unfortunately. Fair. Yeah. The only other question we have was someone said, "Is the radio still playing all night long?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> very witty from Carl. Very very witty. Uh, you gotta love that British humor, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, you can say the radio is still playing all night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tim, we don't want to keep too much more of your time because we've already been going for an hour. No, nah, it's all good, there. man. I know. You've got a busy Saturday ahead of you. so um... Yeah, really appreciate your time, mate. Yeah, really enjoyed, enjoyed chatting to you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, man. This was, this was a lot of fun. So that was our, our chat with Tim. Um, yeah. Big thanks to Tim for coming on. Yeah, thanks to all, thanks. yeah. Thanks to all you uh, you guys for your questions. Um, we're going to try and keep that as a bit of a, a running thing with up and come podcasts, even as we've got the, the new format with with lots of guests. So um, you know, it's really great to to, to get your questions and um, yeah, keep keep them coming. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Tim was a really cool guest. We've got some you know other guests that we hopefully will excite some people. We're certainly excited about them. Um, we'll be announcing some of those soon and as ever uh, if you could subscribe to us wherever wherever you get your podcasts that'd be much appreciated and give us a like on social media all, all that all that kind of stuff 
Yeah, likes and shares are, are, are much appreciated to, to, to spread the word. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to our next guests anyway. Cool. All right, Nick, I will uh, see you on the next one. All right, cheers, buddy. Cheers, right. guys. Bye. Bye.